This is The Drive Podcast with Josh Graham. Welcome to the internet, my friend. How can I help you? Check out The Drive weekday afternoons at 3 on WSJS Sports. So glad to have you on a Wednesday drive where the North Carolina Tar Heels won a basketball game on the road last night. How about it? That OT win at Louisville snapped a three-game road losing streak and serves as the Heels' fourth consecutive win heading into the Duke game Saturday. Duke also on a four-game winning streak as well. However, even though Carolina won the game, which it should not apologize for, regardless if you steal a game, boy, get all the wins you can because winning's hard. It was painfully clear that this team has no clue how to close games. And if it wasn't for the refs last night, I don't think they win it. Because, frankly, they haven't been in a lot of situations like that all year long. North Carolina, going into last night, had won 15 games this year. The average margin of victory in those 15 games, 17 points. The only other game before last night that was decided by single digits was against Brown. That game was on November the 12th. It was Hubert Davis's second game as a coach. Their average loss, they have six of those, by 18 points. So they're either winning big or they're losing big. And when you add in that this game was on the road where North Carolina's lost its last three games, it doesn't surprise me at all that they were frazzled. They were pretty obviously frazzled in the game. And that was made clear with the mess at the end of regulation. Caleb Love, I want to be fair to him. He isn't a point guard. Not a true point guard. And North Carolina's tried to turn him into one over the last year and a half. That's hard to do at the highest level. So he was one of the least efficient players we've seen in the ACC in close to three decades in his freshman season. And while he's been better this year, there are still times it is a roller coaster with Caleb. Last night was one of those nights. Let's just look at Caleb's last two minutes of regulation. North Carolina's up three. Caleb's two of 14 from the field. O of five from three. And he pulls up for an ill-advised three from the top of the key, misses it. Rebound, Louisville looks up court, long stretch pass. Caleb Love did not get back to defend his man. Easy Louisville layup, one-point North Carolina lead. The next possession, North Carolina gets stopped. Louisville then drives with Locke. Caleb Love fouls him. Locke hits two free throws. Louisville's up one. Next possession, Caleb wants to attack the basket. He looks out of control, driving to the rim. He wants to put up a shot between two defenders. It doesn't even get to the rim, but it caroms, fortunately, right to Armando Baycott, who dunks home an and one to put UNC in front by one. He called a break there. Armando. Next possession. North Carolina gets the stop. There are about 30 seconds remaining, I think. Caleb Love has the loose change, and this is when things get crazy. North Carolina is up by two. They have the basketball, and 
once again, they're in a position that they haven't been in at all this year, and it looked like it. It almost seemed like Caleb didn't know what to get into. Like, they didn't have a delay, draw, foul set, so he just started dribbling the basketball around. I'm going to run around on the perimeter and get close to the timeline. The ball almost got stripped away one time. It almost got stripped away another time. And then the third time was the charm. Ball gets pulled away, and Louisville drives in for the tying layup. We're going to overtime. At that point, I'm thinking North Carolina's going to lose this game because they have not been in this position before. They're on the road. It's a big-time crowd. Louisville's jacked up, and they just stole the basketball to tie the game at the end. North Carolina's reeling. But then overtime happens, and the officiating rescued the Tar Heels. They're up three, and that's when Armando Baycott fouled, or Armando Baycott flopped. Armando. Sorry for the double Baycott there. He flopped. Pretty clearly, he flopped. And Jalen Withers, who had the block at the very end of regulation on R.J. Davis driving in, he fouled out of the game. It was a big moment in the game. So I, I, I feel pretty confident Baycott fouled there or flopped because I brought it up to him after the game. He's smiling talking about it. He, he knows he got away with something. I just, I mean, it was a physical game. I'm cerebral trying to get bored, so I know a lot of the times I may, you know, nick somebody up on accident, but that's just how they responded, and we got the technical in. I mean, it was a huge change in the game, and I'll take it. Armando, I saw a bit of a smile there. Were you surprised you got the call? No, I mean, because he fully extended. It was a it was a two-hand push, so, I mean, I'm not surprised about it. No, I'm not surprised about it. Hey, he fully extended. So that was one call, and North Carolina was able to hit free throws, make it a two-possession game. Louisville fought back. It's a three-point game again, and Baycott gets tied up after a missed three. And it looks like it would have been the right decision to not blow the whistle at all. It looked like a classic no call. Or if you were going to call something, it'd be Armando Baycott for having his arm around the neck of Curry on the play. Armando. Instead, they called the foul on Curry, and rightfully, Mike Pegues, the interim coach at Louisville, loses his mind, slams his hand against the scorer's table, and he gets hit with the technical foul, the game's essentially over when North Carolina hits the free throws. So, North Carolina, you you got the win. Don't apologize for that. But the way that you tried to close that game showed that you had no clue how to do so, and the refs bailed you out in doing so. Yes, Robert. You think Armando Baycott knows what cerebral means? Armando. Because in that audio. I do. He, I think he was trying to say, I am cerebral. Well, he's like, talking well, you about know, flopping. You know, I'm cerebral when it comes to getting rebounds, so I might nick him a little bit there. And I'm like, so you like planned to nick him? He like, was I, smiling when he said cerebral, and that's why I followed the way I did. That, that's essentially him telling you, yeah, I flopped. You, you think that Jalen Withers has superpowers and he's going to push me and I'm going to fly? Three feet? No. He flopped. And the referees, they inserted themselves in that moment. That's not what I want from officials. I'm not a guy who criticizes officials that often, but they inserted themselves in the game, and they were a reason North Carolina won it. And that's not what you want. Jay Billis said on our show earlier, he said, uh, and you can listen to that conversation on our podcast channel. It's already up. Search the drive of Josh Graham on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. And if you listen already that way, great. We appreciate that. Subscribe, rate, review, do all those things. He said it wasn't a basketball game. It was a hockey game. 
that we were watching. Real quickly, on the Wake Forest basketball front, I'm going to be at this game tonight. I think Wake Forest is going to win big. I think it should be a demolition. Pitt's the worst team in the ACC. Wake Forest might be the second best team. It's either them or Miami. Wake's coming off an embarrassing loss. Pittsburgh just lost by double digits to Boston College. Is Wake Forest going to win by more points tonight than Pittsburgh won in the ACC championship game back in December? Pitt won 45-21. The fake slide game, Kenny Pickett, the whole deal. Rough day for Kenny Pickett at the senior ball, by the way. Robert, how many times did he drop the ball? He had two fumbled snaps and one fumbled uh, handoff. So he was like going through the motions and it kind of Bad weather, out. though, in Mobile. I mean, but he played in Pittsburgh. Oh, that's so, right. that's you right. know, that really doesn't bother him at all. <laughs> so will Wake Forest win tonight by more than 24 points? I think they will. They beat BC by 30. Cream Georgia Tech in their place with Brooke Savage coaching that night. I think Wake Forest wins big tonight. This is Jeff Capel's about to lose his job. Maybe Duke has a spot on that staff. It probably would have been Jeff Capel's job if he just stuck around there a few more years. He has had coaching experience or had head coaching experience. Uh, when he was an assistant at Duke that John Shire didn't and was central in their recruiting. But... Maybe he will help out Shire when Kay leaves, Shire moves up on the staff, and you already got Carowell and Nolan Smith there. We'll see. But I think tonight should be a demolition. They are playing basketball amid the fertilizer plant fire and all that. The arena is about two miles away from that plant. I don't think it's going to be much of a game, though. A man you all know and tolerate. 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 The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. At the end of our conversation with BDOT, we've got a pair of tickets to see Luke Bryan. I misspoke. Luke Bryan, not the Black Keys, but we do have Black Keys tickets we'll give away later in the week. BDOT now joins the show. He'll be on with us more regularly again. Really excited about that. But BDOT, I got to start here. Since you're going to play grammar school with us in a second, we're going to do the reverse of that real quickly right now. You once thought Avril Lavigne was a man. Do you know who Luke Bryan is? Absolutely. Who's Luke Bryan? He's He's a human. He's a person. Okay. What's Luke Bryan do? He he breathes. He breathes and he breathes and he walks. He has he he has two legs, and his name his name has um his first name has two vowels in it. He's got two first names. That that sounds accurate. Yeah. Um. Now I don't know who Luke Bryan is. Who's Luke <laughs> Bryan? Why do you want to get, get me on the show and embarrass me? My first day back in like three hundred days. What is this a setup? Been a while. Gosh, next week it's going to be the one year anniversary since we were told we couldn't do the show together anymore. But now that's changed, and hopefully we can get you back in here in studio for the first time in a long time. How much uh, does it mean to you that we get to keep doing the show together? Man, it's awesome, man. Like, uh, you know, I was very, very sad, and seriously, um, when my company 
um, told me that I could not, you know, be on the drive and rock with you guys anymore. It really put me, put a bad taste in my mouth and pause. And um, it was just dope that that was honestly, sadly, one of the reasons why I had to leave my um, spot from after 17 years, because I wanted the freedom to be able to do things like this. I wanted the freedom to be able to do podcasting on other platforms and stuff. So what was very serious, I will say this. They did tell me during my negotiations that they would have allowed me, even if I would have taken my contract back, they would have allowed me to do the Josh Graham show. So this was going to happen regardless. So eventually, I am definitely going to be back in the studio. Absolutely. And you're not the unofficial mascot of the Tar Heels anymore. You are the sixth man of the Tar Heels getting set for Saturday. It's the Duke game at 6 o'clock. Who's had a tougher task this year? Hubert? trying to build this team up in his first season, or you trying to teach North Carolina fans how to swag serve? No doubt about it, it's been Coach HD. No doubt about it, <laughs> absolutely. I have had my hands full with, um, you know, trying to land that swag serve, and we still got some ways to go. I'm not going to front. We're still not perfect with the swag serve, but my God, it has grown exponentially. However, that is, it, it, it pales in comparison to what Coach HD has had to do and what he has done with this program and with this squad in his first year, man. I'm very pleased with Coach Davis. Um, I, I share in the excitement of Carolina family with this four-game winning streak we've been on, and we're very optimistic about Saturday. We're, we're ready for our game day to, to, to come to Chapel Hill so we can show them that we got the, the most lit gym in the country and we have some of the best fans and one of the strongest fan bases in the history of college basketball good brother are you going to be on game day or are you going to be at game day i guess is the better way to phrase that um i'm definitely going to be at game day breaking news on the josh graham show um i will be doing some work with ESPN game this saturday so that will definitely be very very fun my very first uh, Carolina Duke game in the Dean Dome. I get to work with ESPN, and I get to be the mic man during the game. It doesn't get much better than that. Wait, you're going to be working with ESPN? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got me in all the emails and, you know, carrying on trying to figure out exactly some of the best things we can do, some little bits and things that we can do, you know, just to have some fun with the Carolina family and just promote that Carolina funness um, to the world on Saturday. Yes, be back with ESPN game day um, this Saturday. How prepared are you for Coach K's entrance tactics? I was talking to Adam Gold and told him the story Spatola mentioned to us that Coach K would just wait in the tunnel until Roy Williams walks out so fans have to make a decision. Do I cheer Roy or do I boo Coach K? I brought this up to Hubert, and Hubert said that he might wait in the tunnel and it might be a standoff type of situation. How prepared are you for this? First of all, I just want to say that uh, that's super corny. Um, you know, I, I, I just want to just want to put out there that's super corny. Corny spelled with a K. Coach K. Coach Coach Corny is what I would like to say as as far as that regard. But um, luckily, I have the microphone. And when we introduce Coach Hubert Davis to home games, if you've been to a game before, you already know that I give him a a, a stellar introduction. So that will um, that will minimize any. Um, uh, backhanded sarcasm that Coach... I disagree. I think, see, they didn't announce when Roy came on the floor in the past. Now you're you're making it pretty easy for Coach K to know when Hubert's walking out there. It's okay, though. It's not a problem because all the cheers will be for 
Coach Hubert Davis. Um, and, and Coach K will know that. Like He can stand there and walk with the guy we're cheering for. He's not going to be booed. Okay. He's not going to be booed, though. It's okay. We don't need a boo. We need a win. That's what we do. Like, in the Dean Dome, we're not there to boo. We're there to celebrate and win. You know what I mean? Like, we don't do a whole bunch of catering to the other team and a bunch of boo. Yeah, we might heckle you with a little air ball and that type deal, but in the Dean Dome, Josh, to be honest with you, our energy is more celebratory to the guys. We don't like to put a lot of energy on the opposition. So we're not really worried about Coach Corny or his team coming through doing it. You know, we're not worried about that. Like, we're not, we're not, it's none of those DUI chants, none of that, none of that. We know they have a talented squad, and we're, exper- we're expecting them to come to Dean Dunn and put, a, put on their best performance. However, we are there to cheer on the best team in the ACC as far as we're concerned, which is the North Carolina Chapel Hill Tar Heels. Okay, yeah. So if it's very positive, I think it would be a good idea to, you know, really bask in that positivity by having a gift, a retirement gift for Coach K. If you Hubert. Like, I had some ideas that I threw out there. I think he should really strongly consider – like, which of these do you like the most? Like, you could have some Icy Hot for his back. Maybe you can bring in, like, vials of blood from Hansbro and Montrose because, you know, past meetings. Roy can bring one of his one of his coats and maybe give Kay one of his coats. Robert said he could bring uh, some Just for Men, you know, for Coach K. Could throw that out there. Do you like any of these ideas or, or do you think, nah, let's just play the game? Well, clearly, by Coach K being 763 years old and still having Uh-oh. all all black hair, Uh-oh. he clearly does not need any just for men. He clearly has uh, <laughs> some sort of an endorsement with those guys. Like, So that's not necessary. I do like the Icy Hot, but the biggest gift that we can give to Coach K on Saturday is an L. That is it, Josh Brown. Like all the setup before and all the particulars and being funny to give the gifts and one thing one. We can do that all day. The biggest gift we can give Coach K is not just an L on Saturday, but a sweep. That would be the best gift that any Tar Heel fan or any Tar Heel living or past would be able to give Coach K. But it all starts this Saturday, six o'clock, Dad, when we take them on in the Dean Dome and get this dub. The sixth man for Tar Heel basketball, B dot. That would be me. Here. Yes, he is here, and we've got grammar school to do. We have not played this game since we were sitting at ACC tip-off, and I was getting an assist from Malik Osborne. That was the first recorded assist <laughs> of the ACC basketball season for anybody. Malik Osborne re- recorded it, and he did a great job. What was the word he had that meant cold? I forget what it was. Brick. Brick. Oh, brick. brick. Yeah, yeah, brick. Yeah. So if you're so new, you're, already, you're, you're 0 for one already, Josh. No, no, that that was just uh, refreshment. Just trying. How do you remember what the definition was, but you don't remember what the word was? You're not retaining this information. Listen, I'm not just here to be a spectacle, okay? <laughs> you understand? Me and my guy Robbie, we actually put work into this, okay? There are millions and millions of people listening that these are not um, confusing words to Josh. They're only confusing to you. Now, if you're not going to take this serious and retain the damn information, I'm not just going to keep coming on your show just going through the old rigmarole. Name an Avril Lavigne song. Happy Days. No, that's not a thing. Mr. Retain the Information. I don't know an Avril Lavigne song. Why didn't you Google an Avril Lavigne song? You hear Josh in here trying to interrogate me. 
Oh, well, I'll just say well, when we play the game, you don't you don't retain the information much either. Anyway, let's let's get to the game. It's time for grammar school. Josh Graham has his own way of speaking. In high school, he didn't play sports, but he did wear a helmet. And just when you think it can't get any worse. My English teacher wanted to flunk me in junior high. Damn. Thanks a lot. Next semester, I'll be 35. Josh is going to attempt to learn B-Dot's vernacular. I'm from the old school. I got a street knowledge. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? It's time for B-Dot's Grammar School. What's happening? We are back, man. I don't remember how many days it's been since we've done grammar school, but it's been a lot. But we are here. If this is your first time listening to grammar school, it is very easy. I have three words or phrases highly used in the urban vernacular. We will give these words or phrases to Josh Graham. If he can get two out of three correct, he will get a satisfactory grade moving forward. If not, we will laugh at him, and we will talk about it on social media. It's just that simple. <laughs> All right. Well, here's what I got to know, though, since you're not in here to play. So I don't think the phone lines are an option. So Robert, he can be a lifeline for me yeah. on one of these three, right? He can be a lifeline for you on one of these three. Yes, he can. <laughs> yeah, now listen. You're laughing because you know buddy. he's not going to give me good information. It's going to be misinformation, which is the word of the year. Listen, this is the thing. For those that are listening for the very first time, yes, Robbie is a lifeline. But Robbie can give him what he would think would be the right answer or he can give him a wrong answer. And Josh has to go with Robbie or not go it's with Robbie. It's a stupid so element of the fun. game. Could you imagine, like, on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? You call up the person's dad. You're like, hey, dad, I need an answer here. And he purposefully sabotages him. You get one lifeline and the lifeline just purposely sabotages you. I hate that element of a game. I don't know why it's here. Quit your crying. Will you please quit your crying? There's somebody in the studio that can give you a Kleenex. <laughs> My God, your very first phrase, Josh Graham. Okay. What's pushing, P? Oh, no. <laughs> Josh, what is pushing P? As soon as this, as soon as this word ha came out and it became popular, I was like, man, I hate that we don't play grammar school anymore. <laughs> I, I hear it. I hear it all the time. And I have no clue what it means. Like, I hear people say it about Paulo. I don't know if that's offensive or not or complimentary to Paolo. His name starts with P and now everybody has like the has the the emoji that's just a P on it now. I know Robert knows what it means, so I'm gonna use Robert as a lifeline to get off on a good foot here. <laughs> Oh, man, I haven't been in this position in so long. Like, I used to Robbie. use this lifeline as, like, a, if Josh had ticked me off that week, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to help him out. But I I don't know what to do here. But I, I think I do know what push and pee means. And you know what? It's the first grammar school, so what the hell? I, I'll give you a good shot. Push and pee can mean a multitude of things. The way I view it is kind of like player. So if you're helping an old lady cross the street, that's push and pee. If you're helping your friend when he needs help paying his bills, that's pushing P. But if uh, you steal from your friend, that's not pushing P. Or if you had B dot on here and didn't congratulate him for like 17 years or ever how long it is of radio success, that's not pushing P. So if you would 
give me the wrong answer intentionally, that would not be push and pee. Correct. That gotcha. would not be push and pee. So I'm going to go well, with it, Robert's answer and say this is an example of push and pee. I would like to say, before I let you know if you're right or wrong, I would just like to say that I'm in the car and I'm taking my son, Isaiah, to the YMCA so he can get some um, shots up. And as Robbie was telling you what push or pee, push, pushing P is, they just had the biggest smile on his face and he was nodding like, wow, that dude there, he gets it. That is exactly what pushing P means. Yeah! 100%. Way to go, Robert! Yeah. yeah, I'm yeah. so happy. I'm so. Yeah. I have a shot. I have a shot. Josh, for a bonus point, you will not get any assistance. Who is accredited for coining the term "pushing P"? Hmm. Ah, uh, who was credited? Five, I'm four, gonna say three, two. One. Quavo. Quavo is incorrect. <laughs> At least he said his name right. I was expecting Quavo. <laughs> it is Gunna. Gunna is accredited for coining the term push and pee. Oh, Moving man, forward. I should have known that. Gunna, yeah. Love. <laughs> Big Gunna yeah, fan. Yeah, I think I think people heard the way you just said Gunna, and they definitely <laughs> I love Gunner. He's one of my favorites. Oh, big fan of Gunner's work. Yeah. Like getting to Moving the on. to the return man on specialty. Josh Graham to go two for two. What is a super gremlin? A super gremlin? <laughs> uh, he used that lifeline way too early. Like <laughs> I wasn't gonna get it right. Uh, super gremlin. So this is a noun that we're talking about. Somebody, you're not saying that somebody is super gremlin. You're saying somebody is a super gremlin. Correct. Okay. Because he knew that part was fake, but he still ate it to be a gremlin. <laughs> That's a line I never expected to be said on this show, but I'm so glad that it is. And it was. Ah. <laughs> uh... A super gremlin. I'm you, you. Your words, not mine. You tell me when I don't know to default to either like guns or drugs. So I will say it's a drug dealer, a super gremlin, a good drug dealer. That is one hundred percent incorrect. Oh. Like half right. Like you got the drug part right, but it's oh, see, <laughs> see. So it was a bad one. Well, see, no, a gremlin is honestly there. Sort of like push and pee. Like a super gremlin, it's a bunch of different phrases for that. Like it's folks that pop perks and do pills, but it's also somebody that feels betrayed. Somebody that feels betrayed and they feel double crossed. For example, Antonio Brown, after the fiasco that he had with the Bucks, he posted a picture and he said that he was a super gremlin. He felt like he had been uh, done wrong by the Bucks, and now they're about to see the ugly side of him, the gremlin side of him. But if you think you crossed me, I'm about to super cross you. You're about to see the super ugly side of me. I'm a super gremlin. Oh, so it's like being holding a grudge and being petty about something. Yes, but to the max, though. I got gotcha. you. Let, let me ask my bro Robbie, though. Robbie, is that the same? Is that the same? Uh, Bob, you have a super gremlin? I didn't know about the the double cross portion of it and like it's something that happened like something happened to you and made you into this, but it makes sense. And especially if you listen to the Kodak song, I hope that wasn't your next question is about where this originated at. If it is, I apologize. Uh 
it kind of it makes sense with that song. But I always uh, is that the same song that the Niners listen to when they're walking yes, out of the tunnel. The, out of the tunnel, yeah. Uh, I always associate it with like a fiend, like somebody who like would eat a fake perk and they didn't care because they were a gremlin. <laughs> Don't ask me what a perk is. You should know that. <laughs> that's, what, that's what's great about this game because both of you have just used my next two clues. Yes, I was going to ask mm-hmm. Josh, and I will still ask him. Josh, for a bonus point, who is accredited for coining the term Super Gremlin? Well, Kodak. Kodak what? Kodak Black. Congratulations. I'll give you that point right Huge now. hockey fan, Kodak Black. Is he? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he Your loves Your third hockey. word here, Josh. Your third word. Tell me, buddy. What's a perk? Oh, come on. <laughs> I just said I didn't know what it was. That's what was so great about it. Both of you took both of my clues for my next two points. <laughs> well, like, try they, to reverse well, they're, well, they're drugs. Perks are drugs. I know that. Like well, you want me to get drugs. you want me to get specific? With- I've waited over a year to make this noise. They are. I know that because of the context. Like, oh. My question is, what drug? What am I, like a pharmacist? This is unbelievable. Man. Hey, yeah, I'm going to need some perks to Josh Graham. Um, <laughs> You're going to be so upset when you, when you, when you hear the answer. Ecstasy. <laughs> Percocet, Josh. Oh, gotta be kidding me. <laughs> there are people writing into the show right now saying, my 15-year-old daughter knows exactly what all these things are. That's because she's a super gremlin. <laughs> she knew that part was right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> hope, to, hope to see you in studio in a week. If not, well, I, I know I'll see you Saturday. We'll watch for you on ESPN. See if we see you on college game day. But, man, uh, we're just so happy for your success, and you you know how much we love you. Absolutely, man. I'm happy to be Batman. I was talking to Robbie. I cannot wait to see my guys in the studio, man. It's been far, far, far too long. I've missed grammar school. I love it when we're out in the streets and people notice us and say, hey, man, we missed grammar school. So hope y'all keep loving it. You're going to definitely see more of me, Josh, and Robbie in the near future. All right. Well, since BDOT is a huge Luke Bryan fan, let's give away Luke Bryan tickets right what now. Luke Bryan? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, go go see that guy. That's B dot. Appreciate B dot for being here. I have a pain in my ear, and what is causing it? The drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. This news kind of surprises me. Here on National Signing Day, Danny Lewis. The recruit that Brian Kelly danced behind awkwardly close. You know, the video that got about 8 million views from last weekend. Just announced he's picking Alabama over LSU. That's <laughs> tough. That's tough. It really is. We have that video. I thought the recruit would love it because recruits nowadays, what they love more than anything else is attention and getting a bunch of likes and a bunch of clicks, and more than anything, just getting a lot of engagement. So when folks knock Brian Kelly, why is Brian Kelly so awkward in this and doing all these things? I think Kelly kind of knows 
that how people view him, I think he is self-aware enough to know that. And he thinks that it getting more engagement is probably going to help his chances of landing some of these recruits. Or so I thought. How many recruits has he danced with? Is it just two? Is yeah, it just there's the two, two we've seen? Yeah, I think it's the two that we see. Well, I don't think Brian Kelly's the one posting this. No, the for recruit. sure. So for every one of these that are public, I'd imagine there might be a half dozen more that aren't published. How would you feel as a recruit seeing a, and I don't mean this any type of way, tight ends are important too, but a tight end, his dancing video gets posted and you're like a tackle or a wide receiver or a quarterback. And it's like this tight ends dancing video. And I know that sounds stupid, but we just talked about recruits choosing where they want to go off of engagement, off of how many people view a video. I mean, I think that's stupid too. So like I, I think it's warranted to well, wonder why they're not posting there more are, of these dances. Don't over, do not undersell these things because we've seen recruits say they want to go to a certain school because their uniforms look cool, right? It's not the most practical thing, but social media teams now make a lot of money at these colleges because they know where recruits spend all of their time. And if you make them look cool in some of these videos and they get a lot of clicks and likes, oh, that's a place I want to be because I want to keep getting likes and retweets and all these types of things. I sound like an old man when I'm talking about this. Let's get to North Carolina Duke on Saturday. Robert, I have five ideas here. If you want to add to this list, you can. Five ideas. Hubert Davis says he's on the fence or he hasn't given it a lot of thought yet whether or not he's going to give Coach K a retirement gift the last time he goes to the Smith Center Saturday. So if Hubert's listening to me right now, here are five ideas I have for you, starting with... Number five. A Sutton's hot dog paired with a He's Not Here blue cup. I'm a big fan of the blue cups from He's Not just because I'm the type of guy, Robert, that has these massive cups that I put chocolate milk in or I put, you know, like when I'm watching a movie or something of that sort. I'm about that. I'm sure Coach K might be into that, too. And that's classic Chapel Hill. Sutton's hot dog. Why not? Number four. Icy hot for Coach K's back. K's had back issues. A few years ago, 95, where he missed the entire season, and Duke had a losing record for the first time in 25, 26 years. Just, get, just hit him with some of that icy hot. I'm sure... Kay will laugh at it and appreciate the joke. Number three. Actual wine and cheese. Why not? Coach K, he loves wine. He talks about it all the time. You know, get some wine and pair it with some cheese. Now, I don't know enough about wine to know what type of bottle to give him. Maybe the Josh wine. I hear that's good. Wine and cheese. I'm more of a red wine guy, not a white wine guy. I think Kay's a red wine, too. He's more of a red fan than white. What do you say? Uh, I hate when people break it down like that because like, I, I think there's a more distinctive type of wine person. Are you a sweet person or do you like the more bitter? Because you can have sweet red wines, you can have blends, you can have sweet white wines. But if you like sweet. a white wine, yeah. So if you like sweet, I would generally say you're a white wine guy. So I mean, it's more if he likes like the dry stuff or, or what he's into. Yeah, I think Kay likes red wine. 
So maybe he's a, a bigger fan of bitter. Number two. I think he might actually go for this one, Robert. Vials of blood from Tyler Hansborough and Eric Montross. When I think about the Duke-Carolina rivalry, I think about Gerald Henderson popping Hansborough over the head, and I think of Montross bleeding from his forehead or from his eye. You know, Montross is already there doing the color commentary. You know, Hansborough, what's he doing right now? Get some blood from Psycho T and from Montross and present it to Coach K. Hey, you know, it's been a great rivalry that we've had for four decades. Here's some blood that you can put wherever you like. You know, just get, just going to throw that out there. Number one. This is the best idea there is. One of Roy Williams' ugly coats. Why does Roy need all those coats now? You think Roy's going to wear all those coats? He used to know what his record is, what his record was in every single one of those coats he wore. So pull out one of the ugliest coats you got, maybe one that you have a losing record in, or maybe not the best winning record in, and give it to Coach K. How about give him the suit that he wore when Austin Rivers hit the shot in Chapel Hill, or when Trey Jones had that play a few years back? That's a great idea. See, Louisville pulls out Denny Crum. Georgia Tech was thinking about getting Bobby Crimmins to Cameron. How cool would it be if you get Roy Williams there? We know he's going to be at the game. Get him there before the game and present Coach K with one of his ugly coats. I'd like that. I think that's a really good idea. On Twitter, at WSJS Sports, if you have any more ideas you'd like to throw our way, how about... WSJ at, or uh, 336-777-1600 if you want to call in. Joe's reminded me that John Wolford is the backup quarterback of the Rams. So that's a Wake Forest Demon Deacon that you might be rooting for if you want to root for the Rams. Let's get to some ideas. Mark in Greensboro says, Hubert should get Coach K travel scrabble on the odd chance he ever goes back on the road again. That's pretty good. I don't know if you'll ever use it. I don't know if Kay going to go back on the road again. I'm reading through some of these replies here. The corniest thing, all the Tar Heel fans who are hitting me up with, uh, hand him that L. No, we're talking about practical things here. Come on. A Carolina Blue cane. That'd be funny. Maybe get him a rocking chair. Peggy writes it. He might have a couple spare refs laying around. How about just a Hansborough jersey? These all seem like good ideas. New shoes. I don't know why that applies, but okay, that's thoughtful. I feel like Carolina fans should be a little more creative in this case. Like, you've been complaining about this dude and whining for so long. What I would do, what, what are like the three things they probably say the most about him? He has a big nose, so I'd get him a nose hair trimmer. Doesn't go on the road. I, well, I, I don't know what I'm going to get him for that. I'd get him a rat trap because they say he looks like a rat. They do say that. And then I'd get him some just for men because there's no way at the, his age his hair is that dark. Wow. If you hit him with the just for men, if you get him the just for men, wow. I don't think Hubert would do that. But then again, 
Yeah, they're not going to be mean. I don't think anybody get vials of Hansborough's blood. Maybe he'll do that. I don't think anybody's done the gift giving thing right since the Chipper Jones retirement. Now, Louisville, I thought was on point last. Well, sure, week. that's one though. Like Chipper did the whole tour, and like just about everywhere he went, somebody gave him some yeah. cool stuff. And the Kobe Bryant, there was some of that. But the 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 thing that Louisville did last week was awesome. I don't know if you're going to be able to top it, where you get Denny Crum out there, and in addition to that, you give him some. Some maker's mark that has Coach K's face engraved on it and an engraved Louisville slugger bat. I don't think you're going to top that. Forbes says he has a gift picked out for him. I don't know what Forbes came up with, but Forbes, if you're listening to me right now, well, you shouldn't be. you got a game in like two and a half hours, but if you are, got to step your game up if you're going to top that. I'll see what Carolina we'll see what Carolina does if they do anything at all. There's also a chance they might just hold off till the last game at Cameron before you present any type of gift. After all, that's what Wake Forest is doing. Yeah, that would have been awkward if Forbes was on our show saying, Yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna honor Coach K and give him a gift. And then the day of the game, Coach K announced that he's not gonna go on the road because he wasn't feeling good that day. Okay. Will Brian Flores get another head coaching job? I don't think it's out of the question, but I'll see what Adam Gold thinks on the subject when he joins the show next. I'm not comfortable with this. This is not okay. This is The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. Barbara Streisand. Adam Gold will join us in five minutes, the North Carolina Sportscaster of the Year from 2021. A question I want to ask him, is Brian Flores going to get another head coaching job? A lot of people spoke pretty strongly in saying, by filing this lawsuit, that's it. He's not going to get another job. But I don't know if that's the case. Eric Reed, after all, filed suit against the NFL, and David Tepper had no problem signing him with the Carolina Panthers. I remember having multiple conversations with Eric about his ongoing lawsuit partnering with Kaepernick and suing the league. I There are two teams that are still considering Flores for their head coaching vacancy, the Houston Texans and the New Orleans Saints, according to reports. I think one of those teams should hire him because it's an opportunity to prove what he's saying is wrong and to do so for the better of the league. But also, I think what Flores is showing here is strong leadership. He feels so convicted in what he's saying. Regardless of how you feel about the subject matter, this is somebody who believes so strongly in something, he's willing to sacrifice perhaps his future employment in doing so. Now, it's fair to ask questions about things, and we have asked questions. But I would never question the sincerity of Flores for coming out publicly and saying these things knowing what some of the consequences might be. That's the type of guy you want as a leader of your building. And his football resume, I think, speaks for itself too. Guys, I think they're going to want to play for this guy. Like, if you sign Brian Flores to be your coach in Houston... We already saw reports that Deshaun Watson wanted to play for him in Miami. Who knows? You might be able to convince Deshaun to come back and play for you 
if Flores is your coach. And in New Orleans, it's already a great city that people might want to go to. You're replacing an already great coach that people respected. Why not bring in another coach? Who are you going to find on the market right now that's more respected than Brian Flores is? Now, if I had to guess, I don't think it's going to happen. Like, he's told secrets. He's said things out loud that might make him unhirable when you go against ownership and you're calling out on TV the owners and you're saying things that were told to you in confidence and you're doing so and you're literally suing the league. That might make you unhirable and we all kind of understand why. But I don't think it's a sure thing. But this was Flores earlier today when Mike Greenberg asked him the question whether or not he felt he was going to get another job. I'm hopeful that I will. I'm very hopeful. Um, but I understand the risks of, of, of filing a lawsuit like this. But I'm very, I'm, I am hopeful that I will. It's something I'm passionate about. But if change, if change comes, and if I never coach again and there's change, it, it'll be worth it. Brian Flores. Still in consideration by those two franchises. It'll be interesting to see what happens to the lawsuit if that were the case, too. I honestly don't have enough legal expertise to know what would happen with the suit if the Texans or, say, the Saints picked them up. But we're now being joined by Adam Gold, our midday host that you could listen to right here, noon to 3 on WSJS Sports. He is the 2021 North Carolina Sportscaster of the Year that uh, the NSMA here in the Triad Awards on an annual basis will be recognized in Winston-Salem a little bit later on this year. We look forward to that. But the other thing I'm concerned with here, and listening to that interview with Mike Greenberg, who I thought did a really good job, it's 20 minutes, I suggest you go back and watch. He asked, Flores, what he would like to see done. Does he have any ideas about solutions to fix the problem? If the Rooney rule's not working, and it's pretty obvious, it, it, it hasn't accomplished its mission when you consider there are fewer blackhead coaches now than there were when the Rooney rule was instituted, what is it that you think should be done? And Flores said, we want to change the hearts of the owners. Okay, we'll see how that goes. Adam, what can the NFL do to fix the problem that Brian Flores is pointing to and I think a lot of us have seen for a very long time? Is there a solution? I mean, there's nothing you can do. I mean, you can't force teams to hire a coach. So uh, we have a lot of nice slogans on end zones. We have that. We have things on the back of helmets and all of that, but there's, there's no, there's really never any uh, put up with not just the NFL. I mean, name the sport, name the industry. I mean, we have a problem. It's, it's, it's been a problem for a long time. Um, there's nothing you can structurally do. I mean, Brian Flores is kind of right. You got to change the hearts. Uh, honestly, just appeal to the desire to win. I mean, black coaches have been incredibly successful in spite of the uphill climb that they have to achieve in spite of meeting a higher standard. They've been incredibly successful. You know, here's, here's what I would like to see done. And I, I said this at the time, and this goes back probably five years. 
I thought Terry, Terry Bradshaw embarrassed himself when he called Mike Tomlin just a cheerleader, a rah-rah guy. I mean, Mike Tomlin's a Hall of Fame coach. He's going to go in the Hall of Fame. I don't understand that. Um, that, that. That stuff has to change. The way we talk about coaches has to change. Um, the people who are the most prominent who talk about the sport, and I'm not trying to single out any analyst here, the Aikmans, the Collinsworths, all of these people, when they see a Joe Brady, and I'll just use that example because we watched the Panthers so much this year, and they talk about, oh, man, there's one of the bright young coaching minds. Okay, whether that's true or not, we never hear anybody say that about a black coach. Every time you hear somebody talk about an Eric Bieniemy, well, it's Andy Rebound. Or it's Byron Leftwich. Well, he's got Tom Brady. I mean, we have elevated everybody else. We, never, we elevated Joe Brady for doing what? For having the best talent at LSU? It's, it's, it's the way we talk about it, and I would like to see the commissioner put his own $40 million annual salary at risk by simply saying, as a league, I'm embarrassed by the state of affairs. Yes. That we have one black coach in the league. I would like to see that because I believe that Roger Goodell cares about the issue, but we'll never really know if he's just going to bury his head and protect the owners for what has gone on for now, ever. So We've had 20 black coaches since 1989. I, I agree with that. So we can all, it's, you're right. The owner, ownership, Goodell, they should recognize and call a spade a spade and say there's a problem, and we all see it, we all acknowledge it without there being a clear, concise answer that, hey, this is how you solve the issue of there only being one black head coach and head coaches not being hired of color at the rate that they probably should be hired. But the other piece of this that I think there are probably more solutions at play for is what Brian Flores talked about in regards to Stephen Ross. There's the tanking piece of this where you're talking about $100,000 per game. Are we looking at a scenario where... If this is proven to be true, and Hugh Jackson is saying similar things about the Haslam family incentivizing him to lose game with the Cleveland Browns, where the NFL says, that's it, we're now going to look at what the NBA's done to, to stop stop teams from tanking and perhaps look at a lottery? No, well, well I don't think you'll have an NFL lottery. Um, and I, do, I think these are two separate issues. Uh, they they are no doubt separate issues, but I think there right. are actually so, more tangible solutions to try and fix the problem no, 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 in this no. case. Like, like I said, um, the the class action suit on uh, against the NFL and the three teams for uh, unfair hiring and you know unfair practices um, that is almost impossible to prove unless you have receipts, not Bill Belichick. You know, basically saying, I, I've heard you got the job. That's not, that's not a receipt. Uh, but the Stephen Ross pay you $100,000 per loss um, trying to get him to tamper with a coach, uh, a potential free agent. Yeah, the, those are problems. But the, the tanking, oh, absolutely an issue. Uh, and in my opinion, especially with as much as the league has gotten in bed with the uh, online gambling, 
which is fine. I love it. Uh, is I think that is problematic for Stephen Ross. I think it, I think we're talking about an eight-figure fine for Stephen Ross, and if if that turns out to be true, and I absolutely believe it is, and I think we are talking about the loss of draft picks at the minimum, and I wouldn't be surprised if the NFL considered forcing him to sell the team, uh, which is that won't happen. Good. Well, they forced Jerry Richardson to sell the team. Did they? Yeah. Okay. You think Jerry Richardson's going to like? I, well, I it happened the day like, of. Like again, the story dropped that morning, and it happened the day of. So I have no clue what happened, but I doubt the league forced them to do so since they haven't asked Dan Schneider to sell the team that we know of. Ah, uh, the, 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 the the Washington football team, I think, is the Commanders. You mean right? Uh, what? The Commanders, right? The commandos. The Commandos, <laughs> not the Commanders. They're the com- they will forever be in my mind the Commandos. Uh, I would have preferred the IRS. I would have preferred the Foggy Bottom. Those uh, DC uh, area people in your listening area will appreciate the Foggy Bottom. No, uh, but I, I I think that if if they could, because I, I believe they basically told Jerry Richardson, "You're selling the team." Um, I think that. If you could do that, I think you could do it. If you're a Roger Goodell, um, Stephen Ross. But the, but the problem is you don't you don't know who you're selling it to. You could be selling it, and you probably are selling it to the same type of person. Look, Jimmy Haslam uh, is a borderline criminal, and he owns the Cleveland Browns. But here's the problem, though. It's kind of like punishing teams years after the fact in the NCAA. Oh yeah, we're gonna dock you these draft picks this year. Okay, well. We tanked, and we got the number one pick a few years ago. What are you going to do? Say this guy can't play on our team anymore? No, well, I mean, it, it, it worked. So oh, it still worked. It, it, well, maybe it worked, but um, it's still the same owner. So you could I'm, look, the punishment can be severe, and I'm, be, I'm all for those types of things. Uh, I, I, here's the thing. Players don't want to lose. Players don't, aren't trying to lose, and coaches aren't trying to lose. It's owners, it's management that, that sees the benefit, even though I will promise you there is no benefit. The Cleveland Browns had the first pick in the draft three out of four years. Where are the Cleveland Browns today? Hmm. I've got five. It's, there's no benefit. Before we let you go, Adam Gold with us here. I've got gift ideas that Hubert Davis should consider if he wants to give something to Coach K for his final game. You just let me know which of these you like the most. A Sutton's hot dog and a he's not blue cup, an icy oh, yeah. hot for his back, wine and cheese, just keep it simple, vials of blood that belong to Tyler Hansborough and Eric Montrose, uh, one of Roy Williams' coats. Uh, that that one makes sense. And, Robert, what's the one that you had that I liked a lot in the last segment? Uh, the Just for Men. Oh, yes. If you bring some Just for Men for K, that's a good one, too. I can't believe you would say that. How dare you think that's not his natural color? <laughs> um, I'd be for all of you know, these. I am honest. I am honestly interested in how this plays out. I mean, is Carolina going to intentionally create a scenario where the Smith Center crowd will boo Mike Krzyzewski? Well, we heard this story. So Chris Patola was with us a year ago. If Kay wasn't having his press conference during our show tomorrow, I'd ask him this question. But Spatola said in the years he was on staff, 
he saw Coach K in the tunnel before the game, waiting, just waiting for Roy Williams to walk onto the floor. And in that moment, that's when he chose to walk out. So that way, <laughs> the fans have to make a decision. Do I cheer Roy or do I boo K? I brought that up to Hubert, and he said, well, I'm just going to wait into the tunnel in the tunnel until he comes out. It'll be a standoff in the tunnel on Saturday. No coaches are on uh, are on the bench. It'll be John Shire versus Jeff Lebo today. Uh, I, I, I'm fascinated by the dynamics there because if you want to honor, uh, personally, I don't think you do. I think that it's it's too big of a rivalry. The fans hate each other more than the coaches do, obviously. Um, I don't think you do anything if you're North Carolina. I think you honor uh, you honor K by by playing the game. Um, and Leaky Black, by the way, could end up being a difference maker, isn't it? Yeah, he could be. He could be a difference maker. I mean, if, you have to guard yesterday. Him, if you have to guard him, then Duke can't double Baycott without leaving somebody open. I think, still think you'd leave Leaky Black's guy open, but if he's knocking down shots, then you're in trouble. Adam, I'm sure we'll be talking about these games over the next couple of days. Look forward to watching it on Saturday night. Thanks for the time, buddy. Yes, I'm going to go watch the men's soccer team. There you go. Adam Gold on Twitter at AgoldFan.